2: Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices.
1: Today's cool fact of the day is that scientists now believe that if we took all the moon, if we took all the ice and water out of the moon's interior, that you could cover the moon in about an ocean of three feet of water, which is kind of cool, given we used to think there was no ice on the moon.
2: What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io Dave for a seven-day free
1: trial. Today's guest is, uh, uh, is a friend and a guy you may have heard of who's done some things that I've, I've always been impressed by, and his name is Naveen Jain, and Naveen came to Uh, the U.S. as an Indian entrepreneur with five bucks in his pocket. uh, He founded Infospace, one of the companies that actually helped me graduate from my undergrad degree because I was doing online research when everyone else was using Microfish. It was an unfair advantage. And this is way pre-Google. At one point, this company was worth $31 billion at the time when I was working in an infrastructure as well. In fact, I think Infospace was an Exodus Communications customer, if I remember right. Yes. And since then, Naveen's gone on, To own, uh, I think with Howard Schultz, you owned uh, one of the big sport franchises, the Seattle Sonics. You've started Moon Express, one of the the most prominent asteroid and moon mining kind of companies out there, which is is shocking and amazing. And now you've moved in the last couple years since we've gotten to know each other into hacking the human body in a really meaningful, interesting way using research, funny enough, out of Los Alamos National Labs. So I, I want to talk with you today about how, how you got to be who you are. I want to talk certainly a little bit about hacking the human body because our audience is all about yeah. human performance. But really, I want to know, how do you possibly go from, like, I'm an, uh, I'm an Internet guy yeah. to I'm a moon mining guy to I'm looking at the RNA inside the human body guy? Like, like these are such diverse fields, and you've been very successful in, well, two of the three, and, and I believe the third one is coming so let's just, I want to hear your story. I think our listeners are going to be sure. profoundly interested. So welcome to the so show.
3: As an entrepreneur, it's really all about execution. So people get so focused on the ideas. Ideas are dime, dime a dozen. And yeah. as an entrepreneur, all, you ha- well, all we have to do is simply focus on what are the biggest challenges facing humanity. And if you want to create a billion-dollar company, it's trivial. All you have to do is solve a $10 billion problem. And so as long as you find what are the biggest problems that we can solve, Mm -hmm. and now the most interesting thing that I find is with the confluence and convergence of exponential technologies, you and I and a small group of people are capable of doing things that only the large companies or the nation states could do. So imagine when we land on the moon this year, not only we become the first private company ever to do so, We become the fourth superpower. Just think for a second. We become the fourth superpower ever have to achieve the feat of leaving Earth orbit and landing on any planetary body. What that shows is the next set of superpowers are not going to be nation states. It's going to be the entrepreneurs like you and I who are going to go out and solve the problem, whether it is creating the abundance of fresh water, creating the abundance of energy, getting rid of the fossil fuels and making completely clean energy, it's going to be an entrepreneur, whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Richard Branson right. or Dave Esprit, it is going to be one of us who's going to go out and solve the biggest problems facing humanity. And we have technology at our disposal to do so.
1: Now, there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of, of people, let's say, I'm, I'm uh, one of the advisors for the the Peter Thiel uh, 20 under 20, yep. so I, I've, I've mentored some of the people in yep. this, and for, for listeners, this is a program where Peter Thiel actually pays you to quit college and start a company when you're young and you don't know any better, because then you won't, you won't even know what you're not supposed to do. You'll just go through and just break stuff that needs breaking. That's the heart of disruption, which is my whole career has been disrupting mm-hmm. big, like, big telecoms that do stupid yeah, things, yeah. like let's make the internet, yeah. right? And and you've clearly disrupted <coughs> things that are actually really hard to disrupt, though. Um, so y- y- it's easy to sort of sit here from a position of a guy with a lot of money who can write big checks and you know, can fund your own things, and you know you're you're a professional investor who's backed a lot of successful companies. So you, you have this this kind of uh, weight behind you of momentum and and resources. So I guess solve a ten billion dollar problem. So now you're a, let's say you're a sophomore yeah. at Stanford, sure. right? and you're want you want, you're like, okay, I'm inspired. I, yeah. I believe I want to make the world a better place. I'm yeah. mission-driven. Yes. What do I do? Yeah, like because what of you're course. saying there is kind of a big thing. But it's
3: very interesting is that just because your vision is big doesn't mean you have to boil the ocean on day mm-hmm. one. What you do is you take a small slice of the problem and you start solving it. The thing you have to start with saying is when you start a business, ask yourself a question. God forbid, if I am actually successful right. in doing what I'm going to do, Can it actually scale? Can it actually help billions of people? Is there a market that's big enough that Mm -hmm. I can go saturate? And then go out and prove it in a very small market. Make sure you tweak it and you get everything working. Once you get everything working, the beauty of the thing is the capital is not patriotic. Capital Mm -hmm. goes where the opportunities are. So you may be the the sophomore at Stanford, mm-hmm. but guess what? If you have created something that you have proven in a small market that it works and it's scalable, the money will come to you because every one of the guy with the mm-hmm. money has two things, the greedy and the fear of missing out, right? right,
4: right. <laughs> right.
3: So they will come and give you all the money they ne- you need so you can go out and do the things that you can do because they want to be part of the success. Everyone wants to associate themselves with success. And the advantage you have as a sophomore at Stanford or any other college is really simple. When you're a Mm -hmm. non-expert, you're able to look at the problem very differently, just like you mentioned. Once you actually become an expert in a field, it's really a good thing to some extent, but you're only able to improve things incrementally, maybe 10% or 15%, which is not bad. But that does not cause disruption. Mm -hmm. If you want to disrupt something 10x, or right. 15x, you really have to challenge the foundation of that everything that people have taken for granted who are experts in the field and challenge that. So when you look at in the <clears throat> human body,
4: mm-hmm.
3: the doctors are taught we are a homogeneous organism. We are consist of our DNA, are our genes, and that's all yeah. matters. Until we all start to look at ourselves and say, we are an ecosystem, yeah. which is, only 10% human and 90% microbial. We have the whole climate inside of us. And when we don't take care of the climate, we all know what happens, the organism gets sick. So <clears throat> the company that I started called Viome, our goal is really not that big. We wanna make sickness optional. We wanna make sickness elective. Right. People should never get sick. The only reason they get sick is their gut flora, the gut microbiome is an imbalance. And when that's an imbalance, your immune system goes in imbalance. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a proper diet, your nutrients and your biochemistry of your body goes in imbalance. And that's how you get sick,
1: right? There's really only five <laughs> or six environmental factors that compose all of the epigenetic factors for you, right? right? It's it's the, the toxin exposure sort of thing. Environment? Yeah, diet? The, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, the diet is part of your environment, yeah. right? You have, basically you have light, yeah. you have vibration, Right? You have uh, radiation, including, yeah. well, that, that's part of light, yeah. basically. But you have electromagnetic frequencies that are also part of, of the whole radiation spectrum. And temperature and time. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, like it, it's all there. And all of those influence the gut bacteria. They influence our cells. All the living systems listen, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're doing, though, it, well, tell me a little bit more about this. Because sure. the, one of the reasons that, that I'm here today is I, I just found out Um, over the last few months about what you're up to. And and you know I've been working on hacking the human body. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's part of my goal with Bulletproof. It's like give us control of our biology. And because we're both old internet guys, we know the first thing you do to get control is you instrument. If you can measure it, you can control it. Absolutely. You have a very different vibe on measuring the human body than anyone I've ever talked to. Walk me through what you're doing. Of
3: course. So what we're doing (laughs) is if you can analyze your body at a molecular level. Mm -hmm. So if you really think about it, we may be very complex But we're really, really simple. At the end of the day, our body is a biochemical industry. So it's the biochemistry of our body. Mm -hmm. That means if you're able to measure all the metabolites, the small molecules in your body, and then you focus on all the gut microbiome, which is 90% of the cells Mm -hmm. in your gut, and as opposed to getting focused on the DNA, you simply focus on the things that are actually happening, which is RNA. By looking at the RNA, you're able to see what is active and what the functionality of these things are because you can look at the enzymes and the proteins, right? So what we do is we look at your gut. And we say in a gut, since at the end of the day, 90% of the input that you have really is coming through the gut. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out what is happening inside your gut, you can essentially see how human body is going to react to it. In fact, 25% of all the metabolites in your body are produced only by the microbiome, Mm -hmm. right? So when you start to see that why do we have so many diseases that never used to happen before? Whether you start to think about autoimmune diseases, the allergies, the eczemas, the Alzheimer disease, the autism, the depression, the ADHD and anxiety, Mm -hmm. they may look all different, the symptoms may be different, the underlying cause for all of them is exactly the same, which is imbalance of your microbiome and your immune system response to the environment that you are in, right? Yeah. Now,
1: in the, the new book that's coming out in April, the new Bulletproof book called yeah. He- uh, Headstrong, Yeah, I read a lot about the mitochondria in the yeah. body. And when we were sitting down before yeah. the show, we were, you're saying, but those are all just bacteria anyway. Yeah. So, for listeners, the the mitochondria, these power plants in your cells, you have like a thousand in the average cell, and, and ten thousand in some of your more powerful cells, like your brain, your eyes, or heart. They're really just bacteria that have, have highly specialized to work within our body. Do you consider the mitochondria to be part of your microbiome?
3: Well, it, it is to some extent. Think about it. it's <laughs> yeah. an RNA, right? So what we're doing is, if you think about your in the beginning, we were a single cell, yeah. right? and as we became this uh, multi cell thing this symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. mitochondria was a bacteria right and then it became an organelle within our own cell and now in fact our human dna only produces 20000 genes our microbes in our gut produce 10 million genes so you can see who is controlling who yeah. right So what really is happening is the latest research is showing whether the disease like Parkinson's Mm -hmm. actually starts in your gut. They don't start in your brain. And you're able to control what happens inside your body through your diet and nutrition. So I know I'm going to probably, you and I, are going to have a bounty on our head from all these pharmaceutical (laughs) companies because at the end of the day, the biggest blockbuster drug is something we do every day, yeah, which is true. the food we eat. All we have to do is take the right supplements, mm-hmm. which are nutrients that your body mm-hmm. needs. Because what's a biochemistry? It requires the molecules, it requires the enzymes, and it requires a cofactor. And if you know what enzyme is not being produced by your body mm-hmm. or it's less, or what cofactor is missing, you're able to complete the energy cycle. So when you're tired, It's not there is something wrong with you. It's not weakness. It's not the weakness. It's simply the biochemistry of your body is not working because you lack certain enzymes or cofactor. And that's why I love Bulletproof. I mean, I love Bulletproof because honestly, you know, at our home, we have a pantry full of Bulletproof uh, supplies. And there is nothing better I would do than to wake up in the morning, start with a Bulletproof coffee and have Bulletproof supplements. The thing that we have really done now, which I think is so synergistic is, now working with Viome, with Bulletproof, we are able to recommend exactly what supplements you need. And as your body is adapting, you can keep changing. But better than that, you don't have to have a faith anymore that is this Bulletproof octane actually making your mitochondria better or not? You can see it, right? So the point is... Whyom will show you why bulletproof actually works. It's no longer a religion. It's no longer yeah. a faith. It's a science. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what's the beauty of the thing is I knew it works. Now I have a proof it yeah. works. It,
1: a lot of us have learned not to trust our felt sense. Yeah. Like, well, I think it worked, but maybe I'm being deceived by myself. Placebo, placebo.
3: effect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so the bottom line is, is we understand a lot of biochemistry. We can talk about it. But what you're doing is different because... There's various mitochondrial function tests, and in fact, one of the sets of research that I wrote about in Headstrong, 48% of people under age 40 have mitochondrial dysfunction. They call it early onset. Yeah. Everyone over age 40 has mitochondrial dysfunction. They call it aging. Yeah. So, like, it's always there. Yeah. And in, in my view of things after this really deep research yeah. is that the gut bacteria... Yeah. They talk to our bacteria, which are yeah. our, the organelles in yeah, our cells, so our mitochondria. Yeah. They talk actually via biophotons, via light. Yeah. And when we've, people are going, what? Well, this is now well-established in bioengineering circles. There's a semiconductive thing. For one femtosecond, these little photons come out, and we know mitochondria are photoreactive. So there's a chemical messenger yeah, of course, and, and a very high speed, just like the way we used to build data centers, right? Yeah, yeah. There's high-speed signaling and low-speed signaling, yeah, yeah. right? So a hormone level may change, or a signaling molecule, or an enzyme. At the same time, there's almost real time, like fiber optic kind sure. of communications. So this is why you eat something, in 20 minutes later you would be like, something's mm-hmm. not right, and it may be a blood sugar drop, yeah. but it may be more of a, a, like, a signaling of an energy crisis that came from the bacteria in mm-hmm. your gut, going, you just ate antibiotic tainted meat. Yeah. So now I'm going to shift your energy regulation down. What are you doing at Viome that's, that's going to be different, because I, could, I mean, I get us oxygen consumption. There's all sorts of ways to know if mitochondria work.
3: Well, what's interesting thing is we are actually <coughs> measuring every single biochemistry mm-hmm. of your uh, human body, right? So when we do the transcriptome, mm-hmm. so when you're doing the transcriptome analysis, we're looking at RNA, every single thing that's being expressed, right? So, and, so and,
1: I think some of those will get lost yeah, by that. Yeah. So RNA it comes out and it reads DNA. Yes. So your DNA is where your genes are stored. And RNA has to unpack a gene yes. using, a, by the way, you use apple cider vinegar. <laughs> you get acetyl groups which allow you to unpack your stuff better. Yes. And, side note, brain octane increases ketones, yes. which make it easier to unpack DNA so RNA mm-hmm. can read it. But what you're looking at is not the, the stuff on the hard drive. You're looking at the thing that copies the stuff on the hard drive to, to see what it's doing. Memory, what's
3: in the memory, exactly. right? right? And the beauty of the thing mm-hmm. is, just because your genes have a potential to express something, it doesn't mean they're yes. being actually expressed, right? Mm-hmm. So the epigenetics, the acetylation and the methylation mm-hmm. of the DNA or the genes actually controls if they're going to be expressed, how much they're going to be expressed or they're going to be overexpressed. So yeah. by actually the microbiome actually controls that. So when you're eating and you say, I'm feeling full or I'm feeling hungry, well, you know what that signal comes from? That comes from your microbiome. It does. So you live to feed your microbiome. When Mm -hmm. they say, I am full, you know what happens? It releases the leptin. Your brain releases the leptin and says, oh, my God, I think I'm full. Yeah. When they release ghrelin, you say, I'm hungry, right? Now, One of the things I learned in in
1: the Bulletproof Diet Research is that I don't actually trust my gut biome because it's not acting in my best interest. It, like The bacteria in my gut believe that I'm a petri dish, and they're going to control me like one. The bacteria inside my cells, the mitochondria, they believe that I'm a petri dish, and they're going to control me like one. And their goals are closer to mine than my gut bacteria. So there's a symbiotic relationship, but it, it's, it's kind of like we're getting a signal from the gut bacteria, and then our own bacteria are, are saying, well, you know what? I think you should use this energy to go out and reproduce, so don't work. Go out on a date instead. Yeah. And do something fun and run away from things. Like, all of our core base behaviors seem to be driven at a cellular level.
3: It is too true, but I don't think your gut bacteria actually is really a parasite. It is a symbiotic... Sometimes
1: it is, right? Well,
3: actually, very rarely, because remember what's happening here is... Mm -hmm. So, for example, when you eat fiber, our human DNA, the human body cannot digest fiber. Mm -hmm. It goes to your large intestine, and the microbes eat the fiber. And you know what they do? In turn, they release the short chain fatty acids, right? Yes. That is what our body needs, right? So in some sense, we feed them and they feed us. So nature was very, very smart. Nature thought if I have to create this complex human body, Mm -hmm. it is going to be so complex that I have to create a massive amount of genetic thing in a single cell to do that. Right. And the nature realized, wait a sec, all these functions are being provided by different of these bacteria. What if we can put them all together to do this complex thing, right? And that's how we became an ecosystem in ourselves, right? So when we eat processed food, when we eat the things that are bad for our microbiome, it's like putting a fossil fuels inside your body Mm -hmm. and watching it just completely getting destroyed, right? So when you eat, so when you take antibiotics, it's like nuking the planet, right? Yeah. It's nuking yeah. the body. It completely. It doesn't care good or bad. It kills all the bacteria. Yeah. And guess what happens? The bacteria that survives, it just takes over. It, it right? also. It also gets pissed off. Oh and, God!
1: And yes. One of the things that that I learned about in yeah. my own my own course of healing from toxic mold in yeah. my house and and yeah. just losing a hundred pounds and all, is that. When you stress a bacteria or a a fungus or yeast whatever they make 10 to 100 times more of their own natural toxins like something just killed everything i better get aggressive and those toxins are called lipopolysaccharides they cross the gut barrier and they cause brain fog fatigue autoimmunity leaky gut and pretty much tied to almost every bad disease including cancer and alzheimer's that you can name
3: absolutely correct and that is by the way the cancer does exactly the same thing Cancer is not the homogeneous cell. It's heterogeneous, mm-hmm. and it actually is an organism in itself. Yeah. So when you do the chemotherapy and it survives, first thing, what do they want to do? It wants to spread. It's
1: way more aggressive, right.
3: It wants to spread because it knows it's under attack. So mm-hmm. when it's under attack, it wants to spread all over your body because that's how the organism survives, right? Okay. So, so the if you ever fight evolution, evolution wins, right? Right? <laughs> right? So if you want to go out and you want to attack these bacteria, not only they become antibiotics resistant, and then they become so toxic that it starts to eat the organism. The mm. other thing that happens is when you don't feed this microbiome, So especially so if you don't eat fiber in your body, these bacteria start to eat the things the mucus lining, yes, right. So when they start to eat a single cell of mucus lining, that essentially is protecting your epithelial cells underneath it. Mm-hmm. So by the way, most of your listeners may not know, 70% of our immune system is actually is in our gut. Yep. And the reason it's in our gut is, we may not realize it, we as human body are like a donut. The whole here, yeah. all the way out, and our body is built around this uh, things. Right? We're a
1: hollow tube.
3: We're a hollow tube, right? That hollow tube is where most of the input comes from. So guess what? The immune system is right there, right? So our microbes in our gut actually train our immune system. Mm-hmm. Friend or foe, they are the one when the, you inject some parasites. Guess what? They are the first one, first line of defense. They say, uh uh don't like these guys. They're going to come take over my home. I'm going to kill it. So a lot of the parasites that actually we take in our food, is killed by our gut flora before even our immune system gets to it, right?
1: There's an interesting thing called fasting-induced adipose factor. And if you don't eat anything, your liver makes this stuff, which basically says burn fat. But if you eat something, it says store fat. Well, gut bacteria, they want to make sure you survive a famine. So when you fast, they actually... Influence the levels of fasting induced adipose factors. So they make you burn extra fat when you fast because they don't have anything to yeah, ferment. Yeah. And then when you store fat, they make you store extra fat to make sure they have a backup supply, yeah. which is phenomenal. So you get these things amplifying your own signals. In that case, you could argue well, my liver did that already. I don't want these guys hacking the system. But on the other hand, maybe it's good for me. And those same things also make healthy bacteria. Also, so the symbiosis is very complex.
3: symbiosis is extremely complex. Okay. And also, I think we're constantly learning about a human body. Just last week... So imagine, we humans have analyzed the body. We looked at the dead body. We have cut it open multiple times. And guess what? We're still finding new things. Last mm-hmm. week alone, we found a new organ. So I missed that one. Yeah. So it's essentially the lining that connects all the intestines all throughout connects mm-hmm. to our body, now they defined in new found. They thought they were separate tissue. It turns out it's one single tissue it's a new organ that wow. we define. Imagine we used to think that all of our immune system actually stops at the neck. Mm-hmm. They found the immune system is all the way to the brain. So guess yes. what's happening? So they found the, the immune system was hiding in our brain that we did not know. Mm-hmm. So now when we talk about you know having alzheimer it suddenly we realize it's actually the infection and our immune system is the one that causes the inflammation Mm -hmm. try to capture this disinfection and that's what causes the things so what's happening is that when your microbiome is imbalanced Mm -hmm. it trains the immune system wrong right then immune system starts to get active Right? And that's, that active immune system is the one that causes autoimmune diseases, or when you have a leaky gut, you start to get all kinds of food allergies, right? right. When your immune system is too active, it starts to eat ourselves, which is the autoimmune thing, but sometimes as you start to age, a blood-brain barrier actually gets weak, and that's how you start get infection in the brain and the immune system in the brain starts to inflame and it starts to kill the neurons. And are some of the toxin remover things are not working. Yep. So I think you have been really good about improving the brain thing. So imagine you're able to take a blinking light at 40 Hertz and mm-hmm. suddenly it starts to melt away the amyloid, beta amyloid, right? Yeah. So you have been a pioneer, Dave, in terms of understanding how the human brain works and getting people to feel so good about themselves simply by using your device is optical. It's not like you're going out and drilling a hole in the brain. Yeah. Simply through diet and simply through light to be able to activate the brain functions. So not only you feel good, you actually are better.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's that, that difference where I used to just think it was, I was weak, like I'm really, I'm sitting here, I, I made $6 million, I'm 26, I lost it when I was 28. But uh, yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm so tired, I, I can't focus. And it's because I'm not trying hard enough. It's because I'm, I'm just, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not fast enough. And, and all that was completely wrong. Yeah. It, it's because there was a biological hardware problem. Mm-hmm. And when you, when, when everyone listening, like, like when it stops being a moral failing, and just becomes a configuration issue. Yes. It's, it's, it's so much easier that way. Exactly.
3: Right? Then we can tune it, because the point is, we start to blame the nature. Oh, it's my, it's my genes.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh-uh. Screw it's your genes. It's not your genes, <laughs> it's your diet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is the nutrition that's mm-hmm. lacking, right? So if you can control and imagine your diet and nutrition
1: mm-hmm.
3: is the best blockbuster drug you're going to ever have,
1: it, right? It, that has been my experience. But now, so here we are. We're, we're two yeah. internet yeah. geeks from the long day, yeah. successful entrepreneur, and we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. And, and I imagine people listening. We have a lot of functional medicine, yeah. anti-aging mm-hmm. people, and a lot of just interested yeah. people are commuting or working, working right now. And they're listening to this going, all right, this guy must have a new poop test. He's talking about microbiome. But that's not what you're doing at all.
3: <laughs> well, so we actually, uh, so we do actually have a, not the microbiome test, but we do a poop test. Because at the okay, end of do the day, okay. so it, that is actually is one of the best way to understand what is happening inside your body. The two places, your urine test and mm-hmm. your poop test is so powerful because we just don't look at, you know, today's microbiome really has become a bad thing. Because most microbiome testing today, when you go to the companies, they do something called uh, you know 16S, which is a genus level thing, which is really as useless as you know not doing it.
1: It's like percentage of men and women and Asians versus exactly. Africans and Americans. That's or whatever all it is. Case. So
3: if yeah. you look at America, the whole of United mm-hmm. States, they say, well, there are some blacks and there are some whites and there are some <laughs> brown people. And by the way, some of them are named Smith and some of them are named Jones. And that's it. That's yeah. what America is all about. And when you and I look at that and we say, well, gee, there are doctors, there are engineers, there are plumbers, they all have a very different function. So what we do is we look at everything that's going on inside your body by analyzing your poop. So what happens is Mm -hmm. not only we see every single strain of bacteria, Mm -hmm. not just a species, every strain, we look at every virus, we look at every phage. We look at the human so, RNA. So
1: you said something there phage. Yeah. Most listeners have never heard of a phage, even though you should have, except they don't teach you this in biology. And in the West, we pretty much ignore them. The Russians pioneered phage research, phages basically control viruses which can control proteins, if I remember And basically, right.
3: phages actually attack the bacteria. Yeah. So what happens if phages don't impact humans, but they impact other bacteria. So they start to attack the gut bacteria. So phages are important. To some extent, they could also be used for attacking specific type of bacteria. So instead of taking antibiotics, yeah. you should be taking phages for specific Specific bacteria.
1: And phages live in the soil unless you spray the soil with Roundup and yes. you sterilize it, which we've got to stop doing that because these are actually more important than antibiotics in controlling unhealthy bacteria.
3: Absolutely yeah. correct. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of counterintuitive things. So imagine why the first world or the developed countries has so many of these diseases. Number one, the children are born through cesarean section. Yes. Bad, 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 <laughs> Thank bad. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> right. And
1: he is the leader in cesarean yeah. section. Right? So
3: interesting thing is the nature works extremely well. During labor, your gut flora actually starts to move towards the vaginal canal. So when the baby is born, it actually flows and gets the first introduction of the microbiome in the body. The first seven days with the breastfed milk, It is not to feed the baby, it is simply to feed the microbiome so they start to grow and start to digest the food. Because a lot of the digestion happens through these microbiome.
1: I I have an alternate theory here. Tell me. So, any parent of a small child knows that half the small child's calories are absorbed right through their face. Which is why they smear the food all over their face. (laughs) Is, is, is Is that true? I've never heard of that. I'm just just kidding. We're we're both parents, so we've both seen it. There must be a reason they do that.
3: So the second thing really happens is, we actually don't allow our children to play in the dirt anymore. First of all, we have to stop putting the Roundup and all the toxin and all the fertilizers and all the crap into the Mm -hmm. thing. But good old farm soil is absolutely wonderful because that's how the humans became one with nature. So as we start to live in urban areas, We, in fact, are not being exposed to all the things that used to be exposed to when we were living on the farm. So people are now selling the farm air, right? Because you really need (laughs) all the things that you used to get from all the farms because you want to get all those microbes so you don't get allergic reactions, so your immune system is trained properly.
1: People wonder, like, Dave, why did you move away from Silicon Valley? Like, well, I have two young kids and we live on an operating organic farm and yep. they, they go out in the dirt every single day and I did that for my kids. But let them eat the dirt It's a really
3: good thing. Right? Oh, yeah. Don't wash your hand with purel all the time because you're essentially yeah. making these bacteria resistant, right? So I think that some of the things that happen is we have become too hygienic, right? Right. And so, so I really think as humans... We're supposed to live with nature, and little bit of the thing that we become part of it is what okay. trains our immune system. But I think we should talk about some of the cool stuff about going to the moon next.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. So what, let's get to the moon. stuff. I have a couple more questions yeah. for you. Because like, the, the new work you're doing around RNA analysis, yeah. so um, you're also. Gut doing, inflammation. It, so, so you're doing gut inflammation, but you're doing a, a poop test, yeah. and you're doing a, like a blood test. Like so yes. you're looking at the blood biome which so so the, the two things that got me really excited yeah. about, about about like let's actually just do an interview instead of just chatting uh, one of them is that when you're looking at poop, instead yeah. of just bacteria, yep. you're looking at very specific types, but you're also looking at phages, viruses, and very importantly, you're looking at the fungal biome, which no one does, and yeah. it's at least as complex as the bacteria.
3: Eurotis, we're looking at parasites, we're looking yeah. at human RNA that shows us how your gut inflammation is doing, mm-hmm. and we're looking at the metabolites that these things are being, the, the, you know, okay. the macrobes are producing, right? In the blood biome, which nobody has ever done, right? Yep. So what you are able to do that, you are, since, you know, we are able to look at all the RNAs, we're looking at the mitochondrial function. We are able to see the bacteria, phages, and viruses in the blood that no one has ever looked at, mm-hmm. right? And that, I think, is going to be so phenomenal that we'll be able to find the predictive biomarkers of the diseases so we are able to cure the things before you even see the symptoms of it, right?
1: But that's how it's supposed to be. All right. All right. Everyone listening by now, if they've heard more than like three shows of me, knows that mitochondria are at the very core of performing well. If you can't make enough electricity in your body, it doesn't matter how hard you want to do something, you won't do it. So, uh, how how can they how can they get access to a mitochondrial test? Because by the way, I don't have a recommended one.
3: So here's the thing: I mean, every one of your listeners should really sign up for Wyom services. And okay. for the listeners of Bulletproof, mm-hmm. we're going to actually have a special code for them okay. to put them ahead of the queue because, as opposed to waiting for tens of thousands of people who already signed up, every bulletproof (laughs) listener is going to get ahead of the queue, and they're going to be the first one to be able to get the service right. That's
1: awesome. Uh, We didn't even plan that ahead of time. (laughs) We talked about doing some sort of like thing. Here's the deal. You know how important all of the biome stuff is. You've heard many different podcasts where we've talked with with Jeff Bland and and Mark Hyman and and all these various people, but... I couldn't find a way to get a reliable mitochondrial test that didn't require an oxygen mask in a laboratory, which mm-hmm. is what, what I do. So being able to get this for you is really powerful. You want to be first in line. At the code is going to be bulletproof. What's the URL? Bulletproof.
3: At, go to wyom.com V, v as I O M E dot com. ecom
1: V-I-O-M-E.com. And what is it? It's 100 bucks a month? 90 99 months. bucks a
3: month. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: And, it's, and you get four tests a year? Four tests and a year. These are four poop tests and four blood tests? Yes. Okay, cool. So if you compare that to what you would spend for normal lab testing that doesn't get you mitochondria, doesn't get you a lot of that stuff, do you do telomeres at all in that? So
3: telomeres is totally separate.
1: Okay, totally yeah, separate. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's still not a small amount of money, but it's also a very good deal for four lab tests to track how you're doing on a regular basis. It's actually one of the most affordable, comprehensive things like this I've been, I've been able to find out, for, which is why I'm, I'm super stoked on it. And I'm, so, what, Viome, V-I-O-M-E dot com slash bulletproof. And uh, just so you guys know, there is, a, I, I get a small commission on that, but at the same time... It's uh, not about
3: the commission. You and I both know that.
1: It's, no, it's not about that. I'm just, I want to be full disclosure, yep, sure. so people know. Yep. Just I don't want anyone to feel like like I'm sneaking something in. Yep. Uh, um, and also, uh, we are working on getting bulletproof supplements so that when you know what's going on, that that Viome can recommend bulletproof supplements. So we're basically helping each other out here. You, you guys should know that. But more importantly, like, I've been wanting this stuff for like <laughs> 10 years and now I'm going to get it. And I think a lot of you will be interested in, in, in as a, a standard health tracking service, $99 a month is, is actually a very reasonable thing. Uh, and it's uh, it's actually less than I give as a bonus to all of our, I guess it's a compensation. All of the employees of Bulletproof mm-hmm. get uh, more than $100 a month of discounted bulletproof stuff because it helps them be healthier yep. so the ability to spend even less than I'm doing that way in order to get the data so you know you're not wasting money on supplements
3: that is the... Huge. First of all, more than just not wasting money, the reason people continue with something is because they know it's working. Yeah. If you can't measure it, you can't improve it, right? Mm-hmm. This shows you it's working, so you continue taking it because it's working, right? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And, and and learning to trust that sense versus just to deceive yourself is, yeah. is so tough. Yeah. All right. So we talked about hacking the human body. Yeah. And, and I just... If you're listening, is going what the heck? Okay, we are internet entrepreneurs, engineering systems, thinking geeks. Neither one of us has a medical degree, right?
3: No, no medical degree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: an, unlicensed biohacker, but but it's that. It, and this goes back to what you said earlier about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You go for something you don't know. And you're like, well, why aren't they doing this? Exactly and, and since I don't know the reasons, I'm just going to do it, right? So so the the invisible, like all all people who come up through a certain industry see the box because that's
3: what they grew in. Yeah. But you didn't see this box. But actually, we saw the box, but I've applied the thinking of my engineering box into this box that nobody has ever applied. And I want listeners to know something that's really interesting here is this technology was developed at a national lab. They spent billions of dollars developing this technology, and it took them 10 years. So what you're really seeing is the... 10 years of hard work and billions of dollars that were spent by the government to really for a national security. Now, that work can actually be applied for the benefit of humanity. So you and I are benefiting because our tax dollars are already spent on this.
1: And, and that's something really cool. There's a lot of innovation that actually has been funded by national laboratories. Uh, by the way, my, my father yep. uh, spent his entire career uh, since college at a national laboratory uh, in Albuquerque, the one that's internal combustion research, Sandia yep. National Laboratories. Yep. And uh, so like I kind of grew up in a laboratory family. And it, most of that research, not most, much of that research, just kind of, they, they discover it and maybe it ends up it's in a the space shelf. program or something. But it's not used. Yeah. So what you did is, is, because you're an execution-oriented entrepreneur, you've, you had a big problem. You had your own health issues, family health issues, just like all yeah. humans have. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, wait, I, I'm an engineer. There's all these solutions. Maybe I just need to match them up. But then you executed. And before we get into the space stuff, yeah. how, how, did you, how did you execute On on taking, like, matching, like, how do you get something from the government and and then make a private
3: company out of it? So, so actually, I started a company called Blue Dot. And the purpose of Blue Dot was exactly is to look at some of the space technologies coming out Mm -hmm. of NASA or some of the technologies coming out of national labs or at the DoD labs and trying to see how you can apply the technology for something that is something totally different. So, Mm -hmm. for example, we also are working with NASA uh, at, at JPL where they had a technology that they designed for Hubble telescope. that So think about what Hubble telescope does. Hubble telescope is able to detect a very, very faint light from a very, very distant star. Now, most people look at this stuff and say, cool. Yep. I, I started look at that and think, wow. Imagine, I thought every bacteria has autofluorescence. You put a UV light on a bacteria, <laughs> it has auto, very faint autofluorescence. Yes. Uh, light bulb and i said aha can we take this uv sensor put a small camera and you spit when you are sick and you see fluorescence you say holy shit i got i need to take antibiotics i got a bacterial infection so now That's you have so a cool. simple yeah. simple test for virus viral versus bacterial infection for something that was done way back when for hubble telescope now we are able to apply that for something that you know is totally different and it will change the trajectory of how humanity lives by just simple that thing, right? And that's yeah. what you and I do best.
1: And when you cross over, stuff happens. I, I had coffee a while back with a guy who holds the first patent ever for eleven b Yeah. And this is in, in Mountain View, California. Oh, yeah, and, and he's like, I said, what are you working on? He said, well, I know you're doing this anti-aging stuff, yeah. Dave. So I took the the really sensitive signal detectors we use to troubleshoot our radios, and I pointed them at my own body. Yeah. And oh my God, there's a huge signal coming off my body. And he showed me all the data. Yeah. He's like, this is so cool. And he's not a doctor. He has no idea. But he's like, I'm pretty sure I can get diagnostic criteria. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening is the fields of engineering and biology are becoming bioengineering. Uh-huh. And bioengineering is a new specialty. There's a few people educated in it. But and most of the time... Bioinformatics. Oh, that's a whole thing. Yeah. But most of the time you're getting engineers who are coming into to bio. You don't get a lot of doctors who become engineers, but it does happen. So there's engineers who don't become doctors, but they're like, I'm tired of my knees hurting, so I'm going to do something wacky. But it works.
3: But interesting thing is Actually, the doctors becoming engineers are very, very different because they come from a very different mindset. Engineers are actually really cool kind of people, right? Mm-hmm. Because they simply look at the data. So to them, it doesn't matter whether the data is a sensor data. It's coming from biochemistry data. Yeah. It's coming from yeah. blood. It's coming from poop. They don't care. Here's the data, mm-hmm. and I can apply the software and the pattern, the machine learning, right. and guess what? I find the pattern. And that's what the engineers do. They actually are just data junkie. <laughs> right, right, right. So we all are information junkie, and by looking at the information, we are able to deduce things that the people who are taught at medical degree have never even looked at, mm-hmm. right? And you know, the beauty of the thing is, the humans have never had the technology that could look at the human body in such a detail. So until the Hubble telescope was invented, we thought there are a few stars here and there. And suddenly when we pointed the Hubble telescope, in a 1 square inch of area mm-hmm. we saw there are billions and billions of galaxies in that area right imagine turning that hubble telescope inside your body and suddenly we said oh my god look yeah. at the climate of our body what have we done to ourselves right
0: That's and how that
3: I mean. technology is gotten so affordable just like you know landing on the moon mm-hmm. the first time we landed on the moon it cost us 25 billion dollars yeah the mission that we have that's going out this year mm-hmm. is going to be under $10 million.
1: And this is unmanned, right? Just unmanned a mission. You know, why, why do you need people it, on there? Why do you need
3: people <laughs> there? Because you can actually get everything done robotically. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you know, so I'm going to go back and step back for a second. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I love the moon stuff. I, the, by the way, I mean, I have a NASA sticker on my laptop. I'm a huge fan. Maybe of, you should do that with,
3: separately. Another another podcast someone. We
1: could. I, I'd be up for that. Like, like uh, okay, because leave us some comments. We'll talk about some moon stuff here. Yeah. But if you want to hear a lot more about, like, Creating a company that can go to the moon and all that. We could do a whole other episode on yeah. that. It's a, it's a bit different than the human performance thing. Yeah. But as long as we tie it back to the entrepreneurial, yeah, the, yeah. I want the cognitive, emotional so, side of love things. That. So, all right.
3: So here's the very interesting thing is, to me, the going to the moon is not about just going to the moon. It is simply about a proof and the showcase of what entrepreneurs are capable of mm-hmm. doing. That what, When we land on the moon, I want every entrepreneur to be able to say, if they can land on the moon, what is my moonshot? And my mm-hmm. moonshot could be cure the cancer, cure the Alzheimer, understand my human body and make it completely high performance, right? Whatever your moonshot is, now you have the technology at your disposal to solve it, right?
4: Mm-hmm. The,
3: the me, to me, you know, we were talking about as an entrepreneurial thinking, they're really simple. Dream so big that people think you're absolutely crazy. So when people tell you what it is that you're doing and you tell them what you're doing and if they don't think it's crazy, you're not thinking big enough. So think big okay. and never be afraid to fail because as an entrepreneur, yeah. you only fail when you give up. Everything else is just a pivot. That means yeah. if the things are not working, you change, you adapt and you pivot and then you, until you give up, you have not failed. Every idea that does not work is simply a stepping stone to a bigger success, right? And you know, to me, as you become successful in life, always remember stay humble. The sure sign of success in life is the humility. If you have to tell someone the how rich you are, then you have not achieved success. Success comes when you say, I am still learning. The Mm. human curiosity, the best parenting advice, we both parents. I can give you the best parenting advice to me is really is make the children intellectually curious yeah right you as a parent we you know i've seen the parents who say well i can only take you know take the horse to the water i can't make him drink and i was keep thinking why do you think you need to take them to the water or make them drink what if you just make them thirsty
1: there you go That's
3: right <laughs> if you make them thirsty what will happen they will find their own water and they will go out and drink right so our job as parent is to simply make them thirsty as an entrepreneur, our job is not to get boggled by what it is, but focus on what it can be. So when people talk about is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? And my question always is, do I want to fill the glass? Because if I want to fill the glass, does it really matter Is half empty or half full? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I, I like that. That's actually a great analogy, right? And you know, like, like what's in it? Like that that would matter.
3: So how did your parents make you curious?
1: Because you, you, you found an interesting path.
3: Yeah, so I think, you know, interestingly, we grew up in a very, very humble beginnings. You know, we, they, we grew up in India. There were times we didn't have food to eat. We didn't have, you know, we moved from village to village. And I came to the United States 35 years ago with $5 in my pocket. And God has been amazingly kind to us. What my parents taught us was, it's about learning. It's about being curious about able to go out and do things. Even though my mother couldn't read, she sat me down and she would point and say, tell me the answer to this problem. And I would say, mom, the answer is seven. She said, don't make me look, do it again. And I'll do it again. And I said, mom, I think the answer is seven. She said, good, now go to the next one, right? But the point was she cared. She right. wanted to really show that the only way to get out of the poverty is to really learn, to be curious. She was Completely okay when I will take in you know anything that I found in the house and open it up My dad will get so angry look at what your son did now He just broke this thing and my mom said he will fix it. Don't worry about it Right, but so I was so curious that I was willing to go out and try things and my mom encouraged it He said it's okay if we can't fix it. You know what let's we'll put it back and if you can't put it back So be it right. Yeah, but the point was that curiosity is what allowed me to be who I am today. That I don't really care what the problem is because I know I can open it up and take complex problem, break it down into simpler, simpler, simpler problems, small modules that you can execute, and you start to do in small, small slices. Next thing you know, you're boiling the ocean.
1: So the the idea of breaking down to a small problem that, that ties into what. Uh, uh, Clayton Christensen is one of the, the in fact, the yep, guy who coined yep. the term disruptive innovation. Absolutely, um, you've probably met Clayton. Of course, I've met him. So I've worked with his consulting firm, yep. but I've never actually like interacted with him. Oh, he's a phone wonderful calls. human yeah. being, by
3: the way. As a human being, I have more respect for him than any most other professors I have ever met.
1: Right? He, he, he shaped my career a lot, and probably doesn't know have it. Have you read his book? Oh, yeah. In fact, disruptive technology was not that one. How will you measure your life? Uh, that one, is, yeah, his very latest oh, one. It
3: touched my heart.
1: Uh, it, it's a it's a profound book from yep. someone who spent his whole time like looking at this, and yep. and what you're saying matches what Clayton did. And Clayton yep. analyzed how do these small annoying startups yep. suddenly topple big industries. Mm-hmm. And his his seminal work was on the hard drive industry, yep. where you'd have these these companies doing several billion a year in revenue, and then two years later, these small upstarts yep. are buying them. Yep. Uh, because of, of this crazy disruptive thing that's happening. And what you're saying is you start small, you solve one problem, and it's not big enough to be a threat. And then all of a sudden, it, it just grows and grows. And, and by the time the big guys notice, it's too late. And they try and buy you, and, and essentially the, the industry's broken. the telecoms got broken by the internet this yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, frankly, low-cost servers broke mainframes this way. And, and yeah. like we've just been doing this forever. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's
3: better now. Oh, it's much so better. what's really happening is, with the convergence of exponential technologies... Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what life cycle you are, every five to 10 years, whatever is being done is becoming obsolete. You you are living, I mean, you and I and everyone listening to it, mm-hmm. we're living in the most amazing time in the human history. Yep. Next 10 years, there's going to be more changes than they happen in the human history.
1: Amen. Everything is changing rapidly.
3: And here's the thing. In Uh the next 10 to 15 years, half of the Fortune 500 companies will go bankrupt. But here's the beauty of it. When the old guard dies, what happens? You and I and everyone has an opportunity now to be the new king. Right? Every technology that exists today will be obsolete in 5 to 10 years. What Mm. that means is you can be the guy who disrupts the current industry. It doesn't matter what it is. So let me give you a couple of good examples for your listeners here. It's not about the technology that you look at what it's doing. It's the secondary and the tertiary impact of the technology that most entrepreneurs miss out on, but that's where actually the opportunities are, right? So for example, everyone knows about a self-driving car. Right. And you would say, well, that's going to have a massive impact on the manufact- on the automobile industry. Because you no longer need to own the car. You can be mm-hmm. on demand. And by the way, if I'm going out on a date, I can order a Ferrari. If I'm going out long distance, I can order a Prius. I don't need to own the car anymore. Right? right? Now, imagine if you have a self-driving car, what happens to the parking lots? You don't oh, need yeah. the parking lots. Mm-hmm. Could they become the affordable housing now? Yeah. Right. What happens to all the parking lots? Could they become the parks? Could they mm-hmm. become the uh, housing? Secondly... If these cars are communicating with each other, we don't need to build as many roads. That means what happens to the caterpillars of the world? Mm -hmm. If these cars are not going into the accident, what happens to the automobile insurance? What happens to the life insurance? More than that, what happens to the real estate prices in the urban areas? Because now you could live in the suburbs and your car becomes your office. Holographic images, you are sitting there. It doesn't matter where you are. Your location shifted now, right? So the real estate is impacted, the insurance is impacted, the construction companies are impacted, and suddenly you have abundance of housing, right? It,
1: it's, it's happening for sure. I, I live on on Vancouver Island yeah. in a really, like, the sunniest part of Canada, yeah. and in the last five years, the shift, that, like there's tons of, of successful entrepreneurs moving there yeah. because they want clean air and because it doesn't really matter where it you live anymore.
3: It doesn't matter where you live anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. The other thing is understanding when you're looking at solving a problem Are you solving the symptom of the problem? Are you actually solving the real problem? Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. So let's assume you're an entrepreneur. You say, look, I want to solve the fresh water problem because people don't have enough fresh water. So you go out and start to build the desalinization Mm -hmm. technology and everything else until you realize, why do we have a shortage of fresh water? And you realize majority of the fresh water is used for agriculture. And you say, aha, what if I can use Aquaponic or aeroponic, and suddenly <coughs> I don't need this water. That means now I can solve the fresh water problem simply by so agriculture problem. Mm-hmm. And then, while you're thinking, Oh my god, I got it, some other entrepreneur comes along and says, Wait a sec, the majority of the agriculture is used for cattle. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is instead of raising the cattle, mm-hmm. what if I'm able to take a stem cell of a cow? And create the biofactories and only create muscle tissues and beef. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the moral just to tell people they shouldn't eat beef, but I don't need to have a cattle to peel off this, you know, this living animal. Mm-hmm. I can have the beef simply grow up in a biofactory.
1: That that was interesting because what we're talking about the human body. Yeah, it's this <laughs> complex system, and it's about the environment they're in, and I. I do not see a future where we can grow laboratory meat with an environment that creates the equivalent of what comes out of animals, because they'll end up making it like tofurkey, right? And so I'm a little concerned about that one, to be honest. But I like the vision that says if we could make an equivalent health product, yes. with all of the small compounds.
3: and by the way, no antibiotics. See, what's happening is today when you eat beef, you're not eating beef. What you're eating is. So much of antibiotics that has been put into the cow.
1: I I, I eat the cows that eat the grass that grow on the front quarter of my farms. I'm getting real cow, but I'm, you know, one in a hundred people order grass-fed meat that way.
3: Very, very few people get that. But my point is, what I was trying to say was that suddenly the fresh water problem actually becomes a synthetic biology problem. And that's the point I was trying to make was the thing is that, you know, it is really understanding the root cause. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know. And by the way if you care about the environment mm-hmm. the biggest damage to the environment mm-hmm. is done by the cows right oh, The cattle. I think it's
1: the pig farms i mean i've looked but into ke- this a lot
3: the cattles <laughs> and the pigs and my pigs point, are a lot worse the <laughs> pigs are a lot worse but, but the point delicious is, but cattles and the pigs but here's the best part so if you care about the mm-hmm. environment all you have to do is eat less of that one mm-hmm. day don't eat meat one day you will do more for the environment than driving tesla
1: now, I, that I, I I would agree with you if you're talking about industrial meat. But if you care about soil integrity, you would want to eat grass-fed cows so they'll poop on the soil to make healthy bacteria now, in the soil.
3: So actually, if you really care about the environment, mm-hmm. the next big thing is going to be the microbiome of the soil. That's so exactly now, right. So yeah. if you are able to adjust the soil microbiome, mm-hmm. you can increase the yield yes. of a crop 100% to mm-hmm. 500%. Yep. And suddenly you're able to feed not just 7 billion people, but 30 billion people because you're adjusted the yield of the crop yeah. by simply changing the microbiome of the soil.
1: And, and that's real. Like, that stuff happens. It's, and you don't have to make GMO crops. You don't have to not start at all poison. Like it, it, It's a much simpler solution.
3: So much simpler is simply understand the ecosystem of how this plant grows, right? So, so I have a
1: question, and you may have even seen deals like this. I, I haven't come across any, but I, I want to stop spraying antibiotics on our soil because yep. living soil makes living biome, yep. and your gut makes living humans. Like, like yep. We are based on soil. So it seems like with robotic technology yep. we have today, yep. you can have free-roaming robots with visual recognition stuff that are solar-powered. Every time they see a weed growing, they just take a metal rod and stick it into the soil where the weed is. Yep why do
3: you need to spray poison on soil to stop weeds? Uh, I, well, there are many, many ways of killing and uh, uh, killing the things that we don't want, especially, yeah. say, weeds, right? Yeah. You could laser the damn thing.
1: Well, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at, like, power. And, and, you know, but, it's, exactly, you can laser them, I and mean, there's all sorts of things. But the number one thing you don't have to do is, like, pour toxic poison, stuff on po- it.
3: Why poison, because so it goes
1: back into your so body. I, have you looked at funding? Have you funded something like that? Like, like, like it seems like like this is such an obvious so,
3: problem. So, Someone my, listening, do this. <laughs> but there you go. So my point is, When everyone comes across the problem, the question we should be, why didn't someone do something about it? Mm -hmm. The question should be, oh, hmm, what can I do about it, right? So anyone who's listening, Mm -hmm. you just got an idea from Dave here, right? There you go. Go out and solve the problem Mm -hmm. for the weed without putting any toxin in the soil.
1: Give us robots, even to pick off insects. It's not that hard. Like, it's well within our capability. But I'm serious. If, If you actually do that, I will talk about what you're doing. Like, like I'll give you a leg up. I'll introduce you to investors. Whatever it takes. Because I actually want to see that, and I'll put it in my garden, too. It would save me time. Like, no, no. It would be cool. Not yeah. that I actually pick my own weeds. I, I admit, I have a garden help. <laughs> so... You, we, we talked a little bit, so you got some technology yeah. from the government for Viome. Yeah. And your Moonshot stuff though, you actually don't want government technology because the stuff they use is from the 1980s because it's radiation hardened and it's easier yeah. just to put 10 Android phones with duct tape and send that to the <laughs> yeah. space essentially. Right? So
3: actually, what you know, on our moon stuff, what we're doing is we're taking advantage of all of the latest exponential technologies, right? Okay. So we are able to 3D print the rocket, we are mm-hmm. able to 3D print our lander, we are right. able to use the hydrogen peroxide for our fuel, right? Which is non-toxic. We're non-toxic, no benzine, and right. by the way, the, you know, all you get out of that is water vapor, right? <laughs> right. The be- The reason we're using hydrogen peroxide, because we can build that on the moon, mm-hmm. because it requires H2O2, which is oh. water on the moon. <laughs> One of the things that was actually really, uh,
1: just a huge mind shift for me, it was when we first met. Yep. Uh, it was with uh, Peter Diamandis, yes. and I went to the, the 10th anniversary of the Ansari X-Prize. Yes. We were at the SpaceX yep. uh, fabrication yep. plant, and I watched yep. some 3D printing yep. rocket engines. Yes. And it was like the coolest thing, and we, we got to have dinner and talk, yep. and if I remember right, we were making little, uh, little lunar landing yep. stations out yep. of Legos <laughs> as a contest. But, but like, just to see the level of these technologies that are mostly hidden, like, like we hear about self-driving cars yep. and all that, but, but e- even if you're relatively well-read, you have no idea what's happening in terms of the speed of change in, in 50 different fields yes. and, and that's what's coming together you're saying it's going to cost 10 million dollars to get a robot on the moon are they going to bring stuff back from the yes moon
3: too? so okay. the interesting thing is my prediction is within 10 years mm-hmm. we're going to have a boots on the moon mm-hmm. for under ten thousand dollars so imagine mm-hmm. that for ten thousand dollars you'll be able to go to the moon and come back which is really a first class ticket. Cheaper, I mean, I think it costs more to go on a first class from here to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, right. So my point okay. is, the costs are coming down so much. And the mm-hmm. reason is, once you start to get a reusable rocket, mm-hmm. the cost really becomes the cost of the fuel. Right. And what if you are able, don't have to take all the fuel from Earth? Because, you know, 93% yeah. of the weight of the rocket is a fuel. Mm-hmm. What if you can refuel on the way? Yeah. So we actually be, make take the water, hydrogen and oxygen, rocket fuel and the fuel for humanity, And you put them in the Earth orbit, you put them in the moon orbit, so you're able to refuel yourself as you're going up instead of carrying all the fuel yourself, right? Right. Imagine one day we are able to live on the moon. So I understand that Elon wants to go to the Mars, but moon is only three days away, (laughs) right? So you'd rather be a lunatic three days away than to be a Martian six months away, right?
1: I I have biological questions about the viability of both of those our our, our mitochondria are not well adapted for that but we can hack that but the the human body is going to require some upgrades and some environmental changes in space it is
3: the beauty of the thing is go back to the nature Mm -hmm. what we found is that nature has already done this so you find that there are bacteria which are not only surviving they are actually thriving in radioactive waste in the high radiation, at Chernobyl and the radioactive yeah. waste, the bacteria has evolved to not only survive, but thrive using the radiation. Now, imagine if we can take the genetic material from these bacteria, use the CRISPR technology, so CRISPR-Cas9 or yeah. CRISPR-Cas3, CRISPR-Cas1 or CF C1C1, C1, you're able to now modify our own human genes so that we become the radiation resistant, mm-hmm. but better than that. Instead of eating pizza, we'll be saying, baby, give me some more radiation.
1: Yeah, I just have some uranium tablets for breakfast, and you'll be good to go. And so, now, that's a pretty darn transhuman vision, and a lot of people it's, listening it's to gonna this... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It, it is, uh, unquestionably. And a lot of people listening to this are, are probably a little bit wigged out by that, right? Like, so, at, at, what point, at, at what point do you see a difference between, say, changing our, our genes so that we can live in environments where we want to live, versus... Replacing yourself with robot parts.
3: Well, it's, you know, so today when you get your hip replacement, mm-hmm. what's happening? You, you get your, a robot part. <laughs> right? You get your knee replacement. Yeah. You get your heart replacement. Right now, the only difference instead of using a pig heart, you're actually maybe growing your own heart. So you can take your skin, mm-hmm. This st- skin, convert them into IPS cells, and convert yeah. them back into the things, and grow a 3D printed liver, yeah. or a 3D printed kidney, or a 3D printed heart. And now imagine if you have the nanobots in your body Mm -hmm. that are not only cleaning up your body and repairing the DNA, repairing your mitochondria, refeeding your mitochondria, but suddenly are also providing oxygen, Mm -hmm. right? So they, they stay put, they don't do anything. Let's assume your heart stops working. You don't die. Your nanobots kick in, they start to supply the oxygen. Yep. You, you know, you don't, you pick up a phone, you call your doctor and say, hey doc, I think my heart stopped. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Can you print me a new heart? I'll be there. I've
1: got a meeting at seven, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you call your doctor, you go yeah. drive the car, he gives you a new heart, you put it back in and you're good to go, right? Yeah. The point is, you know, we are, it really is freaky to think about augmentation, mm-hmm. but you know, it happens slowly enough that people don't realize it. So for example, when you and I were young, what we did, we met someone, we remembered their phone number, Yeah. right? Now, all of that has been augmented with our iPhone. We just swipe right? (laughs) Right. Now it's (laughs) augmented, right? So all of our memory is now on cell phones. We don't remember the facts anymore. We remember the keywords for the Google to find the information, right? So we now have our cell phone that's augmented, our, augmenting our brain. So imagine slowly, slowly, we're going to start doing more and more augmentation. Now imagine if you can have a brain computer interface where our brain is constantly connected to the internet where all the information is being fed. Our nanobots in our brain are communicating, who is this guy, what did we discuss last time? All the information is coming back to you, right? So I think what happens is when people are worried about self-driving cars, they don't realize that planes are self-driving for a long time. Mm-hmm. People get so worried about, I'm not going to have a robot in my house. Your dishwasher is a robot, right? right? So the point is when things start to happen, that you know, as Peter says all the time, the day before the breakthrough is a crazy idea, right? Yeah. And the day yeah. after the breakthrough is a da.
1: Right. And then it becomes self-obvious and all the people who said you were crazy yeah. suddenly said it was their idea in the first place? It
3: was, the, well, <laughs> they invented it in the first place.
1: <laughs> I kind of love that. Right. But it, it, it is what happens yeah. on a very regular basis. Yeah. Uh, so I I believe all the things that you're saying there and, and I, I, we've talked about this stuff. So yeah. so certainly I'm, I'm in that camp. For people who are listening and are, are saying, like, I, I don't want to lose my humanity. Yep. Yeah. What do you have to say to
3: them? Well, you know, the point is, what is that about losing humanity? So let's talk about what makes us human, mm-hmm. right? So if we say, well, you know, I don't want to live forever. What is that I that we talk about? Mm-hmm. If I is your body, your body actually never lives for a- anyway because your body is constantly changing. Remember when you are a tiny baby mm-hmm. and now you're this adult? It's not the same body, mm-hmm. right? If you say it's my DNA, your DNA is propagated through your children. Right. So at the end of the day, Irrespective of how proud who we are of ourselves, we are simply a container, a beautiful container for parasites, is mm-hmm. who we are. But what differentiates between Dave and Naveen is our memories and our experiences. That's really what separates two of us is that you know the experience we have had, the memories we have had, that you know, all that is who we really are. But if we can take that memories and experiences, now let's assume people are able to do the head transplant.
1: Right, someone's going to try it.
3: Right? And actually, they are already doing it in China. They are able to do a dog transplant.
1: Wow, they did a dog head transplant.
3: Dog head transplant. Oh, wow, that's right? creepy, right? right? So now what the creepiest thing will be, you see someone working out really, and you say, Manji, that's a really nice body.
4: Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> that's yeah. creepy,
3: right? But imagine, right? Yeah. Suddenly, does the body really need to be biochemical body anymore?
1: Yeah. There are, right? th- these are real questions. And the, the thing is, I talk about living to 180 plus yeah. as my personal goal, yeah. and people, why not 300? Well, I, that's why there's a plus on there.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> 180 is yeah. the worst case. Yeah. So, I I, I look and, at but what does living really mean? Really? That that's a question. There's that you know if you up, upload yourself to the yeah. internet, it, 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 are you still alive? And, and there's I think there'll be debates about that even yeah. after someone succeeds in, yeah. in allegedly doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know the, the nature of consciousness. Do we have a soul? All that kind of stuff. But I. I, I do think, though, if you, like you said, you look back to what we did when, when we were kids, yep. or you look back 30 yep. years ago, how did we do research? It was on optical microfish yep. in a catalog, mm-hmm. and, and you could spend two weeks to find one fact. Right. And then you launch Infospace, yep. and what would have taken me weeks at the library to get my degree it took me like 20 minutes, and then I could go out and have pizza, yep. right? So it, it, it changed everything from a, a research perspective. Yep. And you look at the cell phones that yeah. we have now, and, and they—you sure. they, they, know—your iPhone is the sum <laughs> of the world's compute power yeah. in 1960, and, and all of that. So, I would just encourage listeners yeah. like you—you like you live in the future, you see the future. I, I do the same sort of thing. Yeah. None of this is crazy because it's all happening within our lifetimes. Well,
3: here's the thing: not only in our lifetime, in the next 10 years, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind we'll be able to understand the human biology mm-hmm. ourselves good enough, where, as we said the sickness will become optional. Yep. And what if the aging, as we all know, is one of the disease?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What if the aging becomes optional? It, it, and it will, in, uh, absolutely. That's my point. So why do we age? I mean, it's really simple. It's because somehow our cells are no longer able to keep up because either nutrients are lacking, our DNA repair machine is mm-hmm. broken, or the mitochondria is not functioning properly. But all those things will get fixed up. Yep. And when they get fixed up, So people say, well, I don't want to live up to 100. Because in their mind, 100 is a fragile old man.
4: You
3: know, he can barely walk, got a wheel, you know, got a walker to go to. No, no. Think about when you were 30 years old. And if you can actually be like that for the next 300 years, who wouldn't want to be?
1: I, I don't understand that. I've met a lot of people who say, I, I think I'd get bored. And like, I don't understand boredom. I, like, There's always something interesting. You know what? Right. If
3: you are actually believe you're going to get bored, you need a new life. Right? <laughs> Amen. Because, I mean, my point is, I can't find enough hours in a day. Yeah. I mean, I only sleep four hours a day mm. because there's so much to do. I wake up in the morning, I jump out of the bed because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's so much happening, right? right. I'm just so excited about life i love life i love learning where is the boredom the day I, I you stop it. learning mm-hmm. is the day you actually have died so most people who are bored are actually already dead so i don't know why <laughs> they just don't <laughs>
2: get out of the way <laughs> but
3: they're zombie right i mean they literally are zombies now because minute your brain is is re- no longer growing
1: mm-hmm.
3: what is the... you become a parasite on society
1: Wow, that is, that is powerful, and, and I I agree. If, if you're if you're not here to do something, it, it's okay to get out of the way. But okay, you said something that's that's interesting there. I went through a period when I was I, I was a new dad. Yeah. I was working as a, a VP at a, a big tech company. Uh, head of global evangelism, yeah. so flying around a lot. And I started Bulletproof. And I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. sleeping l- five hours max a night. I did mm-hmm. it for two years. And yeah. oftentimes, it was three or four hours a night. Yeah. Yeah. And I lost weight. All the biomarkers I had were fine. I, I don't think it was necessarily good for me. It might have shortened some telomeres. And I, I sleep six and a half, actually six hours, not, not six hours, it's six hours and four minutes on average for the yeah. last three and a half years, according to my data sure. stuff. Uh, and I, I can, in fact, last night was four and a half, and I'm yeah. fine today, right? Yeah. People yeah. can sure. see us, right? Yeah. And you're getting about four hours a night, but you're also running now a health company, and there's pretty good data. You should be getting six See, hours. What do you say to that? So
3: I'm the answer is absolutely true. So okay. there's no doubt in my mind. I probably need an, another two hours, right? Okay. And it will probably will happen, right? But I'm just so excited. I mean, yeah. I'm so excited about what I'm doing, and you know, I think to some extent when you get to that, you know, our age. How old we, are you? At uh, fifty-seven.
1: Okay, cool. Right? God, you don't look fifty-seven. Oh, uh, right? thanks. Yeah.
3: And but my point is. I, every day I think, oh my God, there's so much to be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I just get so excited about doing things. But I'm going to make it a point to actually start getting additional two hours. And I do want to get to six hour time because I know it's good for me.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you monitor like your human growth hormone, your testosterone, all your biomarkers? Yeah.
3: So I, you know, to all, all honesty, I don't, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'm ordering my RNA expression to see if my mitochondria are, but but I, <laughs> but I don't think my human growth hormone. All right, that's cool. That's funny. But you
3: know, he's one of those type of things. It's like yeah.
1: I feel good. Well, I, and and also like you you can, uh, as someone who's worked with a lot yeah, yeah. of people, including people with like chronic fatigue and people yeah. who don't, you have the 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 eyes and, and the skin of someone younger than you are, and those are like very obvious yeah. give- giveaway things. And your energy level is is like I, I don't know you're probably not on Adderall but you, you could be like, like you're you're every time i've ever yeah. talked with you ever interact with you you're always like like just passionate and full of energy which are probably better indicators than a lab value oh, right so so i mean and you can tell and, and you're not substantially overweight or underweight and all that so y- you know i believe in in, in very heavily tracking what yeah. you're hacking because mm-hmm. you can spend your all your time sure. tracking every five minutes everything that you're never going to change but who cares that's not useful data
3: and it, to me i think that's what happens people get so caught up in the data that mm-hmm. they first of all can't change for example looking at a dna Why bother looking at DNA? You can't change it anything, right?
1: Well, for that matter, let's look at cholesterol because it's easy to measure, even though it's a terrible indicator of health.
3: Cholesterol is good for you. (laughs)
1: Oops.
3: (laughs) So it's not like nature is not that stupid. It's not that too much of everything is bad. But cholesterol in itself is not a bad thing, right? Like a fat. I mean, one of the things that people just don't realize Fat is not the enemy. Yep. Your enemy is the glucose. Your yeah. enemy is the sugar. Yeah,
1: or, or just damaged fat. You know, trans fats and things like that. Yeah. So it, it's, it's one of those things where I think like, guys like Mark Hyman and yeah. David Ludwig... Who I've become friends with, Dr. Perlmutter, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, like the the called the fat side of the yeah, bag instead yeah. of the cat side of the bag, yeah. uh, and so I I think it's becoming increasingly hard for like the 1970s physicians who've been recommending mm. these low fat diets for a long time. They, they don't have like people just don't listen because it's not credible anymore.
3: Well, first of all, it has never been credible, yeah. and secondly, I think you know uh, personally, I believe there's no one diet is good for no. everyone, right? As you know, even as humans. We have 90% common DNA between us and a plant. Right, right.
1: right. So and that, politicians are actually 98%. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: they're probably 98% with the parasites. Right? Oh. <laughs> right. But my point is, what make, makes us really different is our microbiome, right? So if our microbiome, we, between yeah. two individuals, less than 10% of our microbiome we have mm-hmm. in common, even though 99% of our DMA, DNA is the same, right? Right. So my point is the same diet that is good for you may Mm -hmm. not be good for me. And that's really what I believe the next big trend is going to be the diet that's based on the test. That means personalized diet based on your microbiome, based on your metabolome. So you're really looking at your metabolites and adjusting your nutrients and diet based on those two things, your metabolome and microbiome and gut inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is really the key to in terms of how you're going to adjust your diet. And no two diets are going to be alike. Yeah.
1: What about uh, fecal transplants? <sighs> I, I, I've looked at that. The FDA somehow thinks that poop is a drug now, which kind of makes me laugh. Well,
3: so... Uh, nah, I hate to say it, but I really think the best way mm-hmm. to actually repopulate and rewild your uh, uh, microbiome is really the uh, fecal, fecal metatransplant. Yeah. So FMT is the best way to do that. Probiotic.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: When you take probiotic, is transient. Right. It tunes it the immune last. system, but it does not stay there, right? So you have to constantly keep taking it because that, you, you do train the immune system, yeah. but most of them actually die in your stomach anyway, Can, right?
1: can you like... Put the probiotics in the other end, and just... yeah.
3: So the answer would be the real. That's called FMT, yeah. right? Right, when right. Basically, your poop is nothing but essentially a um, microbiome retransplant, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: it's human compost. The, right.
3: Yeah. So I really think, to some extent, that is the key. And I think what pe- what a lot of the research is showing is that they're able to find the obesity, yeah. right? Autoimmune diseases, all those things. You take a fat mice mm-hmm. and take a poop from a fat mice, give it to the thin mice, the thin mice becomes yeah, fat. Yeah, that, that was in uh, the Bulletproof TED. I, right. I wrote about that study. Thin mice, well, you take a, a microbiome, the poop, and put them in a fat mice, the fat mice mm-hmm. becomes thin, right? So,
1: so does that mean that I, I, I mean, are you going to be able to buy Michael Phelps's poop on eBay? I, like, like, how do you know where to get this? Because you, you're, you're doing microbiome testing as a part of Viome. And it's and I, I absolutely love doing it once every every uh, three every, every three months. Yeah. So you can see what changes because it changes, it yeah. changes in forty eight hours it when does. you eat pizza. Yeah. Like all the bad ones come up that make the cancer causing things. Like it's 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 pretty fast.
3: It is. But, but, but
1: what about this? Like where do people get that? What's your thought?
3: Well, so I think you know at the end of the day, uh, you need to uh, instead of storing just storing your stem cells, your blood, you know stem cells, you should also be storing your poop. So when yeah. you're healthy, you have your poop, and when you actually get sick, and God forbid you have to take antibiotics, and you're going to essentially carpet bomb your gut flora, yeah. you need to go back and repopulate with your own healthy microbiome. Do, do,
1: do all those bacteria and phages and all, do they survive freezing? Oh, abso- they
3: absolutely survive.
1: Interesting. So yeah. there's a there's actually a real business opportunity yeah. there. For, I, I would do that. In fact, especially my kids, uh, one of my kids has never had any antibiotics. Yeah. The other one had one for a rapidly spreading infection that was necessary. Yeah. And that's but, my
3: point. If they had a poop, they could have replanted that. Yeah. Well, it's I, I, have, I have a
1: seven-year-old's perfectly healthy poop. And yeah. like, I, but I, I know it won't last in my freezer. But <laughs> I have liquid nitrogen at home because I have a cryotherapy <laughs> chamber. I, I, could, yeah. I, I could work something no, seriously, out. I mean, really we that, need a bank for that.
3: You, you need a poop bank. I wow. really think the poop bank that's, and stem cell bank a, are really the key.
1: Well, that's such a cool idea. All right. Somebody start that, all right? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make a deposit. <laughs> right.
3: So another actually interesting thing is the same type of thing is that you talk about living long and living yeah. healthy. Another thing you could do is that the research shows that when they're able to take a blood from a young person, a young mice to an old mice, it actually reversed aging, right? I, I've
1: looked at like the feasibility of just hiring a college student who doesn't do a lot of bad drugs and things mm-hmm. like that that are going to mess them up and just be like, look, here's the deal here's a sizable check, yeah. which is to encourage you to live a healthy life and to pay for your quality food yeah. and all that stuff. And since tr- since giving blood every six weeks is good for you anyway, it doesn't yeah. harm you yeah. in any yeah. way, yeah. like, why don't we just do that? I know Peter Thiel is people are like, he's a vampire. I'm like, who the hell cares? This seems like a great way for a young person to like help supplement their schooling or something. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? So, but interesting
3: thing is you don't have to do that anymore because you should be able to take your own blood when you're young, when a child,
4: yeah.
3: store it, and take the stem cells from that blood yeah. and actually multiply but them. So you, you can now you can multiply the stem cells outside your body. You would do blood stem cells or fat stem cells? The, uh, what do you mean? Well, I've had
1: my stem cells taken out of my fat. No, but you would do
3: from the blood. But why?
1: Interesting. Blood doesn't have tons of stem cells. Well, the it. plasma. Yeah, or, or just other platelet-rich yeah, plasma yeah, kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. cool.
3: And so my point is, you're able to, in fact, take the stem cells from your fat, from your skin, yeah. and able to grow them.
1: And I've done that. I have right? mine banked. I have 25 yeah. doses
3: But ga- More than just bank, I'm saying yeah. is you can actually yeah, multiply them. Yeah, we took yeah. one
1: dose and yeah. grew it to 25.
3: Yeah, okay. and the point is, you can amplify them and re- re-inject your stem cells every now and then. I, I do
1: it every six months. There yeah. you go. Yeah.
3: And that actually will keep your body healthy and continuously repaired. But you're not doing this yet. I'm not doing it yet, uh, I've got but I'm still looking young. <laughs> yeah, you, you
1: are, but you should store them now because yeah. they do age. Uh, I've got a hookup for you in Seattle if you want. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, about a 20-minute drive from your offices where, where you it mm, I might it just do that. <laughs> it's, it, 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 even if you don't have them reinjected, just to get them harvested and stored. Yeah, yeah. Because you, when you're 90, you want 57-year-old stem cells, not 9 year old stem cells, right? That is so correct. You, you owe that to yourself. That in your York's extra two hours of sleep. Might, there you might go. be you go. Done. We have okay. a deal. <laughs> awesome. Well, Naveen, it's been a fantastic conversation. We've talked about Moon Express. We've talked about Viome. Uh, we talked about just your background as an entrepreneur, yeah. how much sleep you get. Uh, if you had, if someone came to you tomorrow yeah. and, and they said, look, I want to perform better at everything I do in my life, uh-huh. what are the three most important pieces of advice you have for me? What would you have to offer them?
3: Well, first of all, it would be to start dreaming big. Really okay. start to think about what are the biggest problems, right? And don't be afraid that I know nothing about it. Right, because if you look at the most successful entrepreneurs, they are not the experts in their field. They all started because they saw a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. When you see a big problem, you don't. You essentially start to take a small, small slice and start executing on them. <clears throat> the thing that you should be doing is that when you meet a successful person, to start following their habits, which is one of the bad things I hear constantly. <laughs> people I say, love this. Right? People say, seven habits of successful people. Actually, it makes no difference following people's habit is not what you want following their thought process is what you yeah. want How they think how they think about the problem how they think about life how they think about what is going on? So follow their thought process don't follow their habits, right? So yes, love so Tony Robbins love mm-hmm. him but just because he goes out and takes the ice bath every day doesn't mean if you take an ice bath, you're going to become Tony Robbins.
1: Yeah, Tony's a special guy without the ice baths. So exactly
3: guy, my right? point, right? right? He's just a special and, guy. And it works for him, yeah. And he, hmm. he didn't have to take an ice bath. Yeah. He would be great Tony Robbins without the ice bath.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you there. And and I, I I do all sorts of weird biohacking yeah. stuff that makes a difference for me, but like maybe someone wants to try it. I'm a professional guinea pig. So I, I hear you there. And, and one of the reasons I don't... Disclose my entire list of supplements. Yeah. I don't want people doing what I do because yep. I'm a. I have a guy with autoimmune issues who used to be obese, yep. who's 44, and does all sorts of weird stuff. God forbid that you copy me. Like, do what's right for you, right? Exactly. So, so, and that's why I talk about what some things do. Yeah. So, so, thank you for saying that. You're the only guest in 355 guests who's ever said that. So, oh, thank you. I, I, I love that answer. All right. So that was one. Okay. Do, like, 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 so learn how to so, think,
3: not habits. Yeah. Okay. And number two would be dreaming big and not be afraid to fail. Right. Okay. And the number three will be constantly stay intellectually curious because okay. the day you stop dreaming, they stop being intellectually curious. Mm. You have actually died at that point. Right. right. You become a zombie. Right. Yeah. So to me, is remaining intellectually curious is one of the most important thing you do. Right. I think even, you know, people talk about playing golf. If you have so much time in your life that you can spend eight hours in a golf course, I think you should give it somebody a, a saying, hey, you have right to shoot me if I can, that my life is such a waste that I can spend eight <laughs> hours of my life on a golf course. My life is not worth living anymore. Uh-
1: I gotta confess, and I know some of the golfers listening are horrified right now. I, when I graduated from Wharton, like a bunch of my friends and I were like, you yeah, know, we should learn golf. Like that's what like successful people do. So all of us, and we're we're in uh, Palo Alto. Yeah. We go to the golf course and we take like six weeks of golf lessons yeah. on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And at the end of six weeks, I think nine out of ten of us looked around. We're like. This takes incredible amounts of time. <laughs> Screw this noise, and we never went back. And the other ones were like, "This is a good, good sunshine." You know, I, I don't know why they went, but okay, I, I'm with you there. So, 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 my point
3: is that really focus on what you care about. Yeah. Find something that actually moves the needle. So to me, okay. what really you know, people talk about having a passion. You know, talk about, hey, I want to do what I'm passionate about. Okay. My feeling is, it's not actually about things that you're passionate about is something you need to be obsessed about, right? Mm -hmm. It is something that you can't sleep because you just are obsessed about what is going on, right? And that to me, and people say, how do I ever find what my passion is? Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, what I found is the best way to find what your true passion is. Imagine if you have everything that you want in life, you have a billion dollars, you have a wonderful family, you have everything that you always wanted. Mm -hmm. What is it that you would do then? And if you do that now, you would get everything that you wanted. Right? Right, okay. Right, right. That means your true passion is something you're going to do when you have everything in your life. That mm-hmm. is your true passion. So nice. if you if you do that, you will get everything you want. So making money is never should be the goal. Yeah. Making money is the byproduct of doing mm-hmm. things that you actually care about. Like, you know, making money is like having an orgasm. If you focus on it, you're never going to get it. If you enjoy the process, you will get that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my point, is if you focus on making money, you will never make it. If you focus on solving a problem, you'll make money as a byproduct.
1: Right. And... I gotta double down on that one. I, I I was extremely focused on making money and, until I was I was about thirty. I was like, that's all that matters. And like, by the way, you never made it. No, oh, and if you make, you can't keep it. Like, yeah. like, and you're miserable all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, like it, it's a horrible life. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely just as shitty as life could ever be. So I, I'm happy you, you offer that to listeners as well because it's true. It, it's the meaning that and the experiences that and matter. And what
3: once you started yeah. bulletproof and you start yeah. doing things that it, you cared it's, about, it's, it's, guess what? Easier. Now you are yeah. making money that yeah. even though you didn't want, <laughs> you didn't focus yeah. on it.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't why I started the yeah. company. I already had, like, a salary and yeah. stock options and stuff. It, it was there, there to, to do something good. And yeah. So so if, if people took nothing else away from this whole thing, that one piece of advice, yeah. that like, focus on value creation, not yeah. on money, the money right. happens even if it doesn't feel like it's going to.
3: That's right. And once you become successful, you know, it's not about living a life of success. It's living a life of significance is yeah. what matters, right? Yeah. You know, other thing that I would say probably at least I uh, always follow and I probably should offer it to everyone else is, mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people that are positive, right walk away from anyone who laughs at Mm -hmm. your ambition walk away from people who are negative You don't want the negative energy around It's okay to fire your
1: friends if they're not if they're not doing that's
3: right So the minute you find people who are negative whether they're your employees or not So I tell up every single person who works with me in my company my simple advice is your total contribution to this company is your productivity times your attitude. And if your attitude is negative, I don't really care how productive you are, your yeah. negative contribution to the company, you got to go.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a very healthy way to, to keep your culture clean. And Yeah. yeah it, it's, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate at Bulletproof yeah. because of our mission driven yeah. think We attract the positive people. Yeah. yeah. All it takes is a couple of people with a bad attitude and it spreads. And,
3: and it, bad apples, yeah. rotten apples, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think the right thing as an entrepreneur, which really is to create that culture, and, you know, that that's a subtle difference between mm-hmm. a cult leader and an entrepreneur. A cult leader wants to keep the loyalty of people to themselves. Yeah. And a great entrepreneur takes the loyalty and makes it the cause of the company right. that actually survives and thrives beyond the entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. So people who are working, they don't work for Dave. They work for Bulletproof. Yeah. The cause of Bulletproof is their cause. Their cause is not to make Dave ask me. Th-
1: thank goodness, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd, I would that's un- what I love. Yeah, it makes me kind yeah. of mad. Like, it's, what, what do you want? Like, like what's best for everyone? That's yeah. what I want. Like, yeah. maybe I don't even know. Right? You know,
3: but you know, yeah. thing that I love about you, Dave, is you know, we have spent so much time together. Is that your energy, your passion, and the product that you build? You they actually work. You're not selling, you know, the snake oil. And you know, in this industry, I have to admit, there are too many people. <laughs> who just sell sell a snack while. And so the thing that I love about Bulletproof is (laughs) every product is something you have tested, something you know scientifically works. And when I buy Bulletproof, I am buying the credibility of they, because I know they would not sell it unless it actually worked. And that is the kind of credibility that every entrepreneur needs to have, that every company you start, You put your name on it. Everyone knows that it's my company. And if I do something wrong, you get to take the blame. And I Mm -hmm. know when you put your name to it, I know that product works. And so I hope all of your listeners know that it doesn't matter what product you introduce. They're buying it because of you and your credibility, your science. And uh, you, you know, is really is something that has really built what Bulletproof is.
1: Well, well thanks for seeing that. I mean, that, that's that's great praise, I, and I appreciate that you no, talk no. about the fact that you use it. That that's no. really cool, and I'm I'm grateful. No. Now, as we wind up the show, yeah, yeah. earlier we mentioned uh, people who want to get first in line yeah. for for tracking their data using this the, the uh, this monthly model yeah. that works really well for me. So uh, it, instead of having to get like blood drawn, yeah. it's a finger stick. Print, yeah. You can do it all at home. All without, at home. With, without any, like, right. annoyingness. like And by
3: the way, there's no shipping in the ice container. There's nobody coming okay. to your house doing the intravenous blood draw, so, none of that stuff. So,
1: so it's completely disruptive yeah. to the way you're used to getting right. this data, and you're getting data that's actually not available in normal lab tests, like your mitochondrial function. And by
3: the way, we're not a lab, right? So we're yeah. actually a service. It's a wellness service. You have an iPhone app and mm-hmm. an Android app, and you're able to essentially see what is going on. You'll cool. be able to understand what you need to be doing, and it's your constant companion.
1: Right. right and it, it's a it's a it provides good advice yeah. and it gives you the data yeah and so I, I I'm really excited about this and so that's Viome, viome com yeah. and then the code is bulletproof that's which right. puts you at the front of the line that's right. which, which is pretty cool so uh, guys remember that and if uh, if that's interesting to you please do it and if it's interesting to someone else uh, send it to them and if it's not interesting at all don't go there just know that we are disrupting what what was uh, once something that took a doctor's note and someone sticking veins in your arm and refrigerated blood shipping? Uh, but I used to run a lab testing yeah. company about ten years ago. It's horrible business. So you're disrupting all that just so people have clean data about how things are changing over time. And that's like a holy. Actually, grail for more
3: me. than that. You yeah. couldn't get this much data ten years ago. Yeah. It didn't matter what price. you did.
1: <laughs> I tried. You could not get it. No.
3: Yeah, that's the point. So yeah. Today we have access to kind of information that was never available before. Yeah. And that kind of disruption. Is what will change our, you know, who we are, how we live, and ne- and make sickness optional.
1: Exactly, Naveen. Thanks for being. Well, thank you, Dave, What a pleasure. Yeah, it was great fun. Here. Thank
3: you.